Yo, yo, ma, and welcome to the Pack Show, proudly brought to you by Pig Athletic Club and Double Take Sports, the show that brings you all the highlights, the lowlights, the reviews, the previews, the news, and the interviews from rugby here in Australia and around the world. My name is Jay Bohr, and tonight we are packed tighter than a dolphin's asshole here at the studio because we have Doss, we have Dow. We've also got the Battlers bench containing the kill switch and Big Fat Dust, but we're also joined by 2011 Queensland Reds championship duo, Will Genyon, Digby Iwani, yeah! Hell yeah, lads, how we doing? Thanks for joining us. Nah, good, thanks for having us, I appreciate it. No, no, this is, uh, we were only expecting you, Will, but Diggers, you decided to pop in, how good? Yeah, he told me, uh, this is a dinner, <laughs> and I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get him out of the house somehow. No, Will also told us that you're going to do the turtle, right there. <laughs> I, I, I he promised he, I, us. No, nah, he hasn't got any more. You should see him he in the gym in <laughs> he's, he's slow now too. I beat him in a race recently, so <laughs> this is huge, man. I mean, we were, we were uh, we've got a hell of a lot to get through. I mean, we didn't have any international footy to get to, but there was a few boils, boil overs in clubland. Doss, we'll be getting to that. Don't you worry. Uh-huh. Um, but we've also obviously we've got you two guys here to run through a few of the things we saw in clubland. There's some big news coming out of the All Blacks camp with. They are in disarray, and I'm loving every second of it, to be brutally honest. There's some big signings at the Reds and the Brumbies and so on as well, and uh, and Big Tino was able to make his way down to Sydney uh, over the weekend to catch the Battle of the Beaches in the West Side Derby, so... He's got some Crocs too. Yeah. Welcome to the fam, Tino. You look I like you're about to chirp up there, friends. I don't know, mate. I don't know how they've got ones to fit the girth of his feet. <laughs> Engineering marvel. And he, like, seriously, he had a pair of Havanas... For God knows how long, like they just need to. If he wants to test, if they want to test anything, put it on his feet. <laughs> <laughs> See how these guys. Well, uh, Tino's giving us the wrap it up sign. Let's get straight into it. Um, first and foremost, we saw. Um, we were discussing it last week. Ian Foster was his job safe. Turns out his job's fine. His assistants have been wristholed and given the ass. John Plumtree and uh, was a Brad Moore. Have been shown the door, Doss, and Fozzie's kept his job. What's doing, man? And I'm not too sure, but I think there was always going to be repercussions coming out of that series. New Zealand treating rugby the way that it is, you know, putting it up on that sort of pedestal, the religion that it is over there. Something had to give. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, wanting to see assistance. I mean, had defense coach. Un- unfortunately, <laughs> man. John Plumtree, and to be honest, I've. I don't know who Brad Moore is. He was the backs coach. Plumtree was forwards. Brad Moore was backs. Yeah. And essentially. Any Super Rugby experience? Not sure. No, no, he has uh, Crusaders. Oh, he was at the Crusaders. Crusaders. Yes. yes. Yeah. See, that's why we. That's why Digby's here. Yeah. <laughs> We're all no, here. Yeah. Just, we all have no idea. <laughs> yeah, to <laughs> clarify the shit talk that we... But, no, um, uh, yeah, go on. No, um, I just think there was definitely... Something had to come out of that series in New Zealand. I mean, but so much has been said about how bad the Kiwis are and not enough about how good Ireland was, in my opinion. <laughs> yes. I mean, they were excellent, but, you know, that's just the way, that's how serious they take their rugby. And, yeah, unfortunately for John Plumtree and Brad Moore, probably, they probably volunteered to take the heat off Ian Foster. Very noble act. <laughs> Stupid act, if you ask me. <laughs> Dow, I've got to get your opinion, man. Like, what does Razor Robinson have to do? Because now his assistant is now being promoted to the All Blacks. 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he's the guy for the job, but at the same time, maybe they feel like Foster needs to give it a fair crack at it, maybe through to the World Cup. But I think Razor Robertson's the guy moving forward. Obviously, he's been talked about in the England job moving forward beyond Eddie. Maybe he wants to keep his options open and, and keep there, but I think Razor Robinson's the way forward. It would be one of the all-time bedshit screens if they lost Razor Robinson to the Poms. Yeah. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I love it. Keep Foster in as long as possible. <laughs> keep him up the next World Cup too, mate. He's got to. He's got to. You know, he's got to work with. You know, he's the first time he's coached the All Blacks head coach. So, you know, I think they need to give him time. Be patient. You know. But yeah, the defence coach sucked me. bolt. Yeah, shown the door. Well, Will, I mean, I want to get your thoughts on this, obviously, because you're one of the most accomplished footy players in Australian rugby history. You went through, obviously, there was the the uh, tumultuous, I guess, coaching tenure that we saw with, say, Robbie Deans. He was in a similar position to Razor Robinson, had to move on, came here. And there was a bit of it. There was a lot of chat that there was maybe a bit of a disconnect. He was the first sort of foreign Wallabies head coach. Do you think like he's now obviously playing his trade over in Japan? Do you think if they were to lose someone like Razor Robinson, would they re- sort of regret it as much as they probably regret the way that Robbie Deans was sort of shown the door? I mean, it's an interesting one because they probably regret uh, letting Dave Rennie go as well because of the success he had. True. I know they were keeping tabs on him when he was over in uh, Scotland when he was coaching Glasgow. But because um, they, they, they tend to do that quite well. They keep their coaches close even though they go overseas because they like to keep an eye on them to see if they can bring them back in the fold. But, I mean, touching on the whole uh, coaching sort of sackings or whatever it is, resignations, I think something had to give, like Doss was saying, the reason I can understand that it was probably the assistance is because a similar thing happened with Michael Checker in the lead-up to the World Cup yeah. in 2019 where Bernie Larkham got the sack. And it wasn't necessarily because he wasn't doing a good job because I think in the years prior to that, it wasn't our attack that was suffering, it was our defence. But I think part of it is to put at bay like public perception. Mm. Pe- people are knocking down the door saying he needs to go, he needs to go. So they've got to ease the tension from the public while also then probably giving a different voice to the players because the messages that the coaches are, are giving probably aren't sinking in and it it must be said like it's hard to build a culture within an international environment what is it 18 months out from a world cup because Mm. you only ever get them for that international period whereas at a club for example you have them the entire year yeah so i can understand why they've kept foster and probably got rid of the assistants i can see that that might work for them moving forward It is tumultuous in New Zealand rugby. Speaking of tumultuous, did anybody see Justin Marshall and Akirawani trying to tee oh, off yeah. on each other too? <laughs> Who do you reckon will win that fight, Big Fat Dars? Uh, Akira, but... Uh, nah, <laughs> I, I, nah, but I'm backing Marshall. Oh, really? He's got, a, he's got the half mate, he's, he's a, he, okay. he, First of all, he's a big guy and he also loves the piss. So he, and he can he does. He, from, from all reports, he can throw him. <laughs> Lose. <laughs> from all reports, he can throw him. Uh, well, yeah. apparently uh, Fox Sports, um, they reviewed it or whatever, or Sky Sports and went, Nah, it's all good. So Justin Marshall's kept his job. It's all, it's all sweet. Well, uh, they're, yeah. they're happy with it. <laughs> probably just. I saw some article where um, Justin Marshall was like throwing chat, or someone was throwing chat about how he should never have been in the jersey. He was disgraced the jersey or something. So maybe something like that was said. And Akira's just. From all accounts, he yeah, Justin Marshall was <laughs> chirping off hard to just the All Blacks, and then during the week he was actually on uh, the breakdown show and actually said that he reckons there's a few players in that squad who 
didn't deserve to and be. And you reckon there. he told him personally after a couple of he would have had a skin full okay. of diesel and let him know. Full halfback, classic halfback, full halfback, classic. Just leave it alone. I'm going to pull him back. I wouldn't argue with him. He's he's massive and he's he's an all time great. So I'd be like that. Yep, Justin, I shouldn't be there. <laughs> You're right. yeah. yeah, it would be weird if you were there, to be honest. But, yeah. but uh, I, I don't know. It look. It, it <laughs> long story short, it's not been a very good couple of weeks for the All Blacks, Doss. No, it hasn't. And I mean, I think that's just frustration, you know, manifesting itself in the way that Akira's probably chirping up at um, Justin Marshall. I think you know he's known to, as the boys have alluded to, he's known to speak his mind and be a bit chirpy, as all good halfbacks are. Uh, and I think he seems to, he strikes me as one of those guys who, when things aren't going well, is quick to give his opinions on why things aren't going well and he's not afraid to call a spade a spade. I love it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> just, and just wrong not, not afraid to call a spade a spade. Uh, and especially after a few drinks, uh, you know, when you're relaxed and. You're not really thinking straight. Um, I reckon he probably told a few of those All Blacks, you know, exactly how he felt, and yeah, <laughs> led to that little altercation. Oh man, you'd have to have a big set of hangers on you to go after a curious one. <laughs> oh <laughs> mate, that's absolutely brutal. And we also saw Friends. You were able to get out there, Tonga, qualifying for the World Cup, forty-four twenty-two over Hong Kong. Yes. What do you reckon? What are your thoughts? <laughs> were the ho- were Hong Kong? Were they much chop? I would just make you around, man. We just went out there, put some shot on. It's no problem. Yeah. No, no, it was out. Uh, I'm going to meet you. No, 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 keep going, keep going. Yeah, so, so we start pretty well. Uh, <laughs> the ref was racist. <laughs> Two tries immediately disallowed for no reason. Um, not pointing any fingers, but someone's brother over here. Yeah. <laughs> Damon Murphy. Nah. <laughs> nah, they were pretty young. <laughs> yeah, I probably try everything, mate. Um, yeah, no, it was a good game. I had a media pass. How? <laughs> How? I'll run you through it. So I was just chilling, and then I got a message from some bird who's a journalist, and she's all of a sudden the Pacific Islander correspondent for um, ABC. And she messaged me saying, oh, um, one of the boys I went to school with um, pointed me in the right dire- uh, putting me I don't know if it's the right direction <laughs> uh, direction saying that you know a bit about footy and stuff can you help me do you want to come up to the coast and watch the Tonga um, Hong Kong game I was like, absolutely I'll do it for a carton <laughs> so <laughs> so I went up there and she was like I have no idea about rugby I'm like oh she must you know know a bit mate she had no idea what was that and I'm like that was a mall <laughs> yeah like it was it was pretty funny she um she she got right around it, but yeah, the Tongan supporters is awesome. You know, everyone was very vocal and coming in and droves. Considering there was absolutely no advertisement, the old coconut wireless went pretty well and uh, <laughs> got out there. So but did you have to write a post-match report or anything? She did. Oh, she did. It's on. It's on live. It's live online. I should have already shared it. Oh, she so you were there just as like a translator of sorts, basically a rugby, rugby. translator. <laughs> yeah. So who was that? And I was like, oh, that was Tima uh, Fanganuku. And she's like, Fanga what? Bloody Palangis, man. Yeah, so um, it was awesome. But yeah, the, the Tongans, they started really well. 
Um, and then, you know, they sort of got in a bit of disarray, but, mate, there were some massive hits. Yeah, that shot Tima put on, I think, in the 70th yeah. <laughs> minute. Mate, One of the best blind side yeah. shots you're ever going to see. The, the best thing was, the, the reason why Hong Kong scored a couple of tries towards the end is because you just see all the Tongans just veering in, like, in defence. <laughs> and there would have been, <laughs> like, a 20-man overlap. They were just trying to go for the massive shots towards the end, but... Well, watch. They now join, I think it's Georgia, Ireland, Scotland, and South Africa in Pool B. So, I mean... What a pool. <laughs> that is a hell of a pool, and Tonga's fortunes haven't been the best of late now, but they're going to struggle in that pool, surely. Yeah, it'd be tough, obviously. It's a pretty <laughs> tough pool, but... Well, mate, Georgia's now killing it over, <laughs> over in Europe as well. But I think a lot of the pools are, are pretty competitive these days as well, right? There's Test no easy the games. game, you'd say. Yeah, it's grown a lot in the, in the, in the minor nations, and it's exciting. I think next year's World Cup will be one of the best. Bloody oath. Well, Diggers, we, uh, we've seen recently Moana Pacifica and uh, the Fijian and Drua making their way into the Super Rugby competition. You've got so many uh, Pacific Islander players who maybe probably wouldn't have been able to get a Guernsey or, or get highlighted getting represented pretty highly on, in, in, on the world stage. It's got to be awesome for the game. I think it's, it's great. Uh Oh, just for uh, the Pacific people in, in Australia, I guess. I think um, that Fijian team, I, I don't know how long they've been together for, but they, they've beaten teams like the Red Bulls being gone for the last, what, mm-hmm. over 10 years. Yeah. And they're just dominating. You can just see um, you could have the best players like at the Rebels, but you still lose. But Fiji, it's a small island and they're kicking ass. Yeah. So it's just opportunities, uh, uh, you know, for, for me. I, I love seeing that. And there's... Come out of nowhere and just killing everyone, mate. And it's translating to their their national side as well. Probably didn't have the Pacific Nations Cup they would have wanted, but you saw glimpses of just uh. the cohesion that you really haven't seen from yeah. the Islander nations. I mean, we were talking after that first game against I think it was Tonga where they dismantled them thirty six nil. Their set piece was sublime, but they they look like they're just getting runs on the boards yeah. and their cohesion is just next level. It's it's good it's good rugby. It's it's fun mm. to watch. And it's uh, they have a, a culture. I think it starts with the with the players, and if you can build uh, within, you know, what's around you, I think you've got a, a good team there. Mm. Uh, and, it, and it starts, you know, and I think they're just grateful to even get that opportunity, and it, it means so much to you know to to the Pacific Island, like even myself, like putting on a jersey for for Australia, like not just representing uh, Australia, representing you know, my country as well, Samoa. Same as well, PNG. So it, it means a lot you mm-hmm. know, to see they've taken it to the next level where they are, you know, inviting the Fijians or whoever the Moana Pacific. I think it's uh, it's a it's a game changer. So yeah, I'm I'm just glad to see there's there's opportunities for these um, Pacific Islanders. I think they're going to start <coughs> belting a lot of teams from pillar to post, eh? <laughs> and you've got like. A lot of players as well, like Ile Issa, Drua Sese, signed back over with the Fijian and Drua now. I think you've got to probably start to see a few. Like, th- there's the opportunity, the pathway now in the actual island nations to actually progress through there, which I think is just going to be awesome for them. And I can't help but think that Lex is going to come back and absolutely start tearing ribbons from the Reds, and it kills me because he's a gun. Um, another one, so we've seen now the... Touring squad for the Argentina tour for the Wallabies has been announced. There's some big ins. 
Dossie boy, you're going to love it. Jock Campbell's Jock gotten Campbell. the call up. Matt Gibbon, Big Pondé, Fa'amal Silly, Ire Simone, Lalakai Fichetti also added. They were to be expected. Um, Fichetti definitely. But good to see Jock Campbell after that Pacific Nations Cup actually getting the... Yeah, exactly. Deserves. Finally gets recognised. I think he's been consistently performing well over the last couple of years. Me and Dale, obviously, big advocates of of young Jock. Um and yeah, made its its reward for you know the efforts that he's been put in, the efforts that he has put in, and made it's good to see. And some might say it's you know from a lack of other options at fifteen, um, but you know when every when one door closes, another opens. So I'm sure Jockey. And the good thing about him, and what I love about Jock Campbell is he's one of those guys who's you know he's come through the actual pathway. He played Colts for uni, he played reserve grade, did his time at Premier grade got his contract I think in 2019 mm-hmm. as a 24-year-old. So, yeah. you know, and, and when, he, when he made the transition into Super Rugby, the difference between a really good game and a bad game for Jock is so small. Mm-hmm. He's, he's quite consistent at what he does and, um, you know, and I have no doubt that he will step up to this next level if given the opportunity um, exactly how he has. Mate, he'll kill it. We saw Fraser McWright added as well, Dow. That was... That was always going to come, you'd have to say. But the big one is Rory Arnold has been added. Obviously, we needed some second rowers after late injuries. Jed Holloway, Darcy Swain's still got that red, maybe. Might have one oh, more game. Or is he back? Yeah. With two games. But, um, but then we saw Cade and Neville, and we've got all those other injuries and so on. But with Samu missing, I think a player of his experience, especially in a position where we were actually lacking, was absolutely massive. Yeah, I think he's a big in. I didn't think they expected him until later in the year. And if they were well, he was back for his brother's wedding, apparently. Mm. And, if and they, they got him. Stick <laughs> <laughs> yeah. around. It was just a ruse. His brother's not getting married. He just wanted to come home. It was all set up by Rugby Australia. If they were all fit, he might not have been there. If Samu was playing, they yeah. might have kept the three internationals that they have. But I think the experience he brings, you know, over these next couple of games against Argentina is going to be massive for the, for the squad. I think it'll be. Huge. The inclusion of your race, Simone, is a weird one for mine because he's signed with, was it La Rochelle? Clement. 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 I always just throw one French club out there and hope it sticks out. <laughs> I don't know. It's all the same shit, different smell. But he signed over in France. So that's is that just a sign of maybe just they are low in those stocks or a sign of his form or... He's good. I don't know, he's gun. not saying, but they also picked Lalakai Fichetti. We still have Hunter Paisami, Len Stiffytow. Like, we... Do have plenty of centres there that could probably fill that role. Yeah, it'd be it'll be interesting to see who they go with to fill the void that Samu's left. Um, I'm interested to get our guest view, uh, Willie, who, in your opinion, uh, takes Samu's jersey or fills that void at twelve for the Wallabies. I think if you go like for like, you probably chuck Hunter in there mm-hmm. because he brings that same physical presence and he can also ball play. Probably not as well as I'd say. Samu can, but he has the potential yeah. to, to, to be a good ball player with a lot of skill at that level. Uh, and he's very good defensive. He's probably a little bit better and has yeah. the edge on Samu defensively because he reads the game so well from that perspective. Um, but it, I think it depends on combinations. Like, he, he, I think Ikita will probably be the 13. I, I, I think he's a very, very good player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've obviously spent a bit of time at 12 and 13. So um, I think the big thing is whether Quaid comes back in at 10. Because I think they missed his his leadership oh, and his guidance. About to yeah. Ask that next. yeah, out there, you know, you, you saw when he came back and played during the rugby championship last year. How was he? Just a cool, calm head. Like when when they had penalties, when they're kicking for touch, he's calling the plays. He's making people make sure people understand their roles. And I think, like the the Wallaby team as it is, 
they'll be I reckon they'll come World Cup time they'll be a genuine threat but they still need that leadership and that guidance to make sure that they're headed in the right direction I think someone like Quaid really brings that to, to the group so um, I, I, I dare say he'll probably be back in that number 10 jersey and then I think yeah Hunt will probably jump in at 12 yeah. having had a bit of experience there as well I'm interested to get your perspective if Quaid comes back in at 10 we discussed this the other week do you stick with another older head with Nick White at nine, knowing that Quaid is going to provide that composure and guidance around the field? Or do you go with someone like a Tate McDermott? Oh, you got to keep Whitey. you got to keep Whitey? Whitey's probably been, along with Marika, has been the best player in that team. Gone. I, I, I honestly reckon, and I, I, I don't say world-class very lightly because I feel like everyone's world-class according to people's standards these days. He's genuinely, genuinely been world-class. You can notice when he doesn't play. You can notice when they take him off. They lose direction, even when Quaid's out there. Because a lot of their game is structured around the nine making decisions on whether to play left or right. Mm. You, they, like having spoken to Quaid, they're very structured in the sense that, say when they get kick receipts or when, they get, when they're playing off set piece, they're, 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 they know where they've got to be on the field, so they've got numbers everywhere that they are. But then it's then on the nine to then decide whether he goes back to the short side, the open side, plays out the back wide, or kicks. And you need someone who's in that position who can make the right decision more often than not. And I think he's been doing that really well for the Brumbies and he's been doing that really well for the Wallabies. And I think you just you really notice when he comes off the field. They lose direction. Do you guys notice that they've been playing heaps on the short side lately? Does yeah. anyone know? Oh, oh, I'm just... Why do, why do they do that? I'm, a, I'm not really sure why. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, it just seems like sometimes... So this is a question from your ABC <laughs> reporter friend. <laughs> I'm now a journal. I'm, yeah. I'm basically a journal now. So. Why are more? <laughs> no, I just noticed it. I was like, oh. So a lot of the times, if you look at England, and when you play against teams that tend to fan out, a lot of the times they want to fan out and put line speed on you, but on the open side. Mm. Yeah. So if you can catch them on the short side, you make meters slowly and slowly, then the defense has to bunch up again, and then you can create the opportunities on the open side. Yeah, wasn't a dumb that. question. That's it. Was that's not a dumb question. <laughs> we'll make... Um, that solves everything. What... Um, what are your thoughts on the strategic uh, replacement with 10 to go of halfbacks if that halfback isn't actively, like, gassed? Plank shit. I, I remember when we used to, like, be, like, 10 minutes left on the clock, we're either up by five or within striking range of winning a game, and then we'd look over and you're on the, on the bench going, huh. and you'd <coughs> not a bead of sweat, and it's like, why why'd they take Will off? You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, what, what are your thoughts on... I think... Uh, First of all, I think the game's a lot faster now. And they've got a lot more sports science involved where they can read your heart rate and see what your meters per minute are and your, like your max velocity. And then when they see, start to see things drop, you've got to balance those decisions on that data as well as like the eye test. Is he still uh, taking the right options? Is he still reading the game well? Or is he too fatigued at the point where he's making know. bad decisions and he's, <laughs> he's too slow? <laughs> I didn't ever knew that. Yeah, what goes into it, eh? There's a lot that goes into it. Like, oh. and then you've, like I, I hate coming off, so like I'd be like, yeah, why we, you take me I, I used to go to that. Then they'd show me the data and be like, yeah, I should have come And then also, ago. sometimes the replacement that would, would come on for you. Why is he on? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a combination of all that. Ask him the question at the Reds, he never came off. Yeah. yeah. Like, ben, poor Ben Lucas, who said, oh, Lucas said, well, come off, mate. 
And he goes, no, 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 go back. Fair enough. Fair enough. Best thing about Link was I'd tell him for the game. I was like, don't take me off. I'm not coming off. I'm not coming off. And I'd be like, I'd be, I'd be cramping with ten minutes to go. I wouldn't be getting the breakdowns, and he wouldn't take me off. He did it with Robbie Dean as well. Mate, come out. He goes, no, 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 you stay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Benny Luke is there. Yeah. I was no, but I was younger then, so I was a little bit fitter than what I am now. Now it's like sixteen minutes. Yeah, take me off. That's crazy. That's good insight, though. Yeah, the only reason Ben Lucas has his Mr. Fix-It tag is because they had to put him somewhere because he wouldn't come off. They're like, yeah, (laughs) put him on the wing. I don't know. Sticking him fullback, he gives a shit. uh, We won't come off. They (laughs) put him at 10 and then Ian Pry, I think, um, everyone everyone says he won a Super Rugby Premiership, but he played like two minutes all year. Yeah, yeah. Like, did he really? Did he really? And Frisbee as well. Poor Frisbee. Well, Frisbee played wins. Doesn't he want to swap? Get off. The funny thing is, is whenever he came on, I'd like I'd be like, all right, I'll play ten. But then when it's defense, you defend at ten. I'm going back to halfback. Pickle wouldn't have cared though. Nah, he's like, yeah. Yeah. No, Pickle's the best. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'll do it. Frisbee's good, man. Yeah, he's good gas, man. He let me shave his head on his first tour to South Africa. His his hair's never grown back since. Have you seen his ass? Oh man, his ass. Oh, man. That's where all the hair started I'm growing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it dropped down the back. Yeah. Kind of looks like Sid off Ice Age. <laughs> he does. <laughs> yeah, he does. I was at the classic Wallabies uh, last year. <laughs> Funny story. Now T goes, this is the guy with the hairy ass. I said, yeah, 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 it's him. It's Frisbee. I said, Frisbee. Are we in, we're in a bar. It's Frisbee. Can you just go toilet and show uh, oh God. to carry your ass? Yeah, he, he pulled down his pants. He, in the middle of the bar. Yeah, yeah he does that. He just popped out. It's like something popped out. Yeah. It's just a fro. It's like Willie's head just. Oh. Like, yeah, yeah afraid it. Uh, it was funny. He's got dreads in there. It's got dreads in there. That's so good. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Sorry, Pick. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> 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 just got stitched up so bad. Yeah. Poor bastard. We'll have to get him on the show. He's good gas, Pickle Frisbee. Um, and then one last thing as well. So Luke Jones has just signed a three-year deal with the Reds. Um, so he'll be available for Wallaby selection. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe during the rugby championship he may get a call-up. And then Tino was saying Jack Debrasini has been confirmed he's signed to the Brumbies as a backup 10 or, yeah, as support for Noel Olesio. So... That, that's got to be absolutely huge, Dale. He's been awesome for West Harbour. He's been really impressive. I still think he's probably short of a run, but I think his experience he's brought down to them down there has been massive. Obviously, they're looking at like a different side. Mm. I think for the Brumbies, adding his experience there has been, been pretty impressive as well. They've been hunting for a while, and having him in there, I think it'd be good. Mm. Yeah. How they're old is he? Old 29. Oh, yeah, chuck him in. Yeah, bloody hell. pre-season, he's sweet. Yeah, he'll be sweet, but it, mate, if you've seen him playing for West Harbour the last awesome. few weeks, he's been an absolute game changer for them out of mm. Concord, man. So, absolutely huge. And Luke Jones is a good get for us, I'd have to say. Probably, any he, he probably brings something a little bit different than, um, you know, your Angus Blythe and and so on. Sweet. Like they're real hard <coughs> toilers. He's probably got a little bit more line out now and stuff like that as well. So I think he'll be a really good inclusion, Luke Jones. Um, but. Who cares about them? Well, let's talk about the old Reds. <laughs> How good is this? We were, we've got two 2011 Super Rugby Championship winners coming in, sitting on the battlers bench. I remember I was there. I was meant to be at a, an engagement party. And I was just like, 
well, I'm definitely not going. There's no way I'm going. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, man, I get it. Like, I don't want to go either. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was front row right behind the goalpost, section 310, cry my eyes out as we won. How good was that? I mean, what was that? 11 years ago. But, Will, would, would that be... I'll get you, your thoughts as well, Digby, but is that highlight of career sort of stuff, winning that 2011 Super Rugby trophy? I mean, it's definitely up there. It's... um. I, uh, my highlight would probably be like being able to play 100 tests for Australia. I guess that's all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 to me that was really special because yeah. like, everybody says you never expect to play one, but I, uh, you never do. But um, I, I honestly can't remember it. Uh, it's been that long ago. I, and I, I like... I never, I've never watched the game. I've never watched... I, don't, I try not to watch <laughs> Bullshit. the try. No, I tell you... Mate, no, I, I, I you, know, you know no, when no, you no. scored that try no. in a minute, though. Remember? I watch I, I watch replays of games from 2010 because that was my favourite season. My all-time favourite season. Yeah, 2010. Oh. Yeah, because could. we had no expectation. And we yeah. were 22 yeah, that, was, that was awesome. Yeah, and, was we, awesome. and we just yeah. went out there and played and had fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a fun year of footy, eh? But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a career highlight. The one thing I remember the most out of everything was obviously like when I went to score that try like when I made the break and went downfield like that roar I've never heard Mate, anything like that before it was so good like it, it was deafening and then I just remember thinking to myself when I was running I was like I'm, surely I'm getting caught here I need to yes. find someone to pass you and then, then no one wanted to tackle me I was like fuck I'm going to go all the way they were sort of just <laughs> ushering you towards yeah. the sideline yeah, yeah. if you speak to Zach Guilford Zach, um, not Zach Guilford um, Sean Maitland he, was, he, he says like he didn't think I was going to get there as well so he didn't chase as hard and then eventually, when he thought I was getting there, he started a sprint, and I was I was already there. So I was that's what I was saying. It was just what a fluke. Idiots, what a loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, that's the that's the one game. thing I remember the most is just how special it was for the crowd because yeah. we've all been long suffering Queensland fans, mm. you know, and having played for them for I started in what two thousand seven. We were getting, you know, with what five thousand people at SunCorp. You know, Eddie Jones is spraying us, telling us to give our match payments back. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, T- Jim Tucker give me back was, your was money, right, money, Will. <laughs> Jim, Jim Tucker was mm. telling us how terrible we were. We're a disgrace. We what to play. your face? No, in the paper. And those, oh, th- those are the days where that's where you read it. So yeah. Yeah. I saw him on the weekend, and he saw me with the media pass, and he was just like, "What the fuck is it? Yeah, <laughs> <we're coming>. <laughs> <laughs> what has this world come to?" <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think that was the. I mean, it sounds wanky, but that was the thing I remember the most. It's just how special it was for the crowd, for the people, for everyone. Um, mm. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a moment in time. Of, I remember. And Digby, yourself, like that was, I think, Will touched on it. 2010 was an exciting year of footy. There was zero expectations. And that was sort yeah. of the, that was the catalyst for that 2011 championship. It actually started the year before because it was just free-flowing and it was exciting. Yourself, Will, yeah. Quay Cooper, it was just hell for leather. Yeah. Just do what you want. I think being retired for three years, I think that will be, will be up there. I think what I... What I'll take away from that for that from that year is just my teammates, like just hanging out with Dell, Ados. I think it's the it's the the mateship that you go through that struggle when you lose lose a game. The guys beside you are, are these guys, you know, they'll go to battle um, with you. So and it's just I think winning. I think we're only allowed to drink if we win games. Oh, and do you remember that? Yeah. And, we and then if real. we if we lost, we weren't allowed to go. Like we'll just go like. Coach with uh, Lincoln says, mate, go back home. We we schedule on a Monday, then we back with all the boys, uh, and then we play, win, 
then we're back on the uh, horse. So that's why Wes was so shit for so long. <laughs> 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 the thing is, the thing is, Link's, li, li, the best thing about Link's, Link had like two rules. He said, turn up on time and wear the right gear. Yeah. And the expectation is when you come to training, you fucking work hard. Mm. So because he kept it real simple, it allowed us to build a culture around just hard work and comp- like competitive. We, we were so competitive with each other. Yeah. And then it goes back to what he's saying is he said, look, if you guys win, celebrate, go have a beer. But, it w- but then the rule kicks in, turn up on time, wear the right yeah. gear. And we did like it's funny like we sank so much piss in 2011 yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm not, like sank so much piss and, and like and we was very good it was <laughs> <laughs> fuck science yeah, <laughs> it, was a, it was a mixture though like we had all the old boys like Rudiki yeah Wallace yeah. we had the, I think that was the beauty the, of it the hey. middle age was mix, like myself yeah. with Peter Hines and then you got these guys but no one was bigger than there was no one bigger than the group everyone yeah. was just equal and that's what I there's I a good story that. about uh, Quaid so like in 2010 when we had, we were playing really well um, he probably started to get a bit carried away and think that he could do whatever he would wanted to and we had a team meeting and Leroy Houston stood up and said nah man well, that was that was 2011 that was 2011 yeah so 2000, 2010 we'd obviously played really well and then come 2011 um, he's probably and he didn't, he'd admit it too so I'm not saying anything that he wouldn't yeah. know, appreciate but he was probably carrying on a bit and Leroy Houston stood up in the team meeting and said um Listen, bro, you, you got to pull your head in. Like, we, we, you're, you're carrying on. Like, you can treat us however you want and carry on with being disrespectful and, and being a bit of a pork chop. And that was sort of culture that we created was you could be honest with each other and, and sort of have a go at each other but understand that it was for the betterment of the team. Mm. And that was like a turning point for us because, we, we, like Digby's saying, it was just it was, everything was about the team. You could be competitive as hell, spray each other, get in fights. Like, quite, quite and Rocket would always nearly be throwing punches. But... It was all because we wanted to be better. <laughs> Who would win that fight? Rod Davies, oh. wasn't he? Rod Davies, Junior. Yeah, I, he's got that say. look in his eye, Rod. <laughs> yeah. Depends where the fight takes place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. They'd probably was... both be nude at a bar. <laughs> 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 if it was that Friday, yeah. maybe. And pickle frisbees, refing it. What's going on here? <laughs> loser, has to, loser has to see my ass beard. <laughs> no, my, my ass dreads. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. No, but I think that, that that's the thing. Saying what he touching on what he was saying, that's the thing you remember the most is like all the hard work that went into it, because the culmination of it obviously is you get to win. But you never remember. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't, you don't really remember the game or lifting the trophy. You actually remember like the trainings on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday each week that went into it, and that's what you get enjoyment from. I think. And remember, like weekly, Link always. There was always something that he would add in to the preparation of the week. You know, there was always a goal, you know, yeah. that we'd have to achieve. Like when they went to South Africa that year, they'd never won, whether it was two games or never beaten yeah. the Stormers at Cape Town. Yeah. So that was the challenge for that week. Um, you know, the Brumbies in Canberra, round three, like we'd never beaten them down there. So it always set little goals and then you tick them off. And then as a group, I think that was a really important way to start building belief within everyone's like hey hang on you know you know people talk about your daily habits you wake up you make your bed and you've accomplished the first thing and then you go on and you attack something else and i think when you look back at it now it's like that's what link was sort of creating in the background and then by the pointy end of the season the guys just had that much belief in what we were doing had you know ticked off so many little goals and climbed so many little mountains on the way that as will said it just culminated in the win like it was like there was no other there was no other way it would go yeah then then the reds after the you know the previous 18 months it was yeah it was awesome do you reckon it's a bit of a shame that we still don't have uh mckenzie in the fold coaching in australia because yeah yeah he he, 
Huge he was at the, war, the Waratahs, I think, before Reg, yeah? yeah? And he did the same, pretty much the same thing. And then Reg, I think, did we get the wooden spoon almost? The year before? Yeah, 2009. We were for a while. Yeah. And then 2010. We terrible. 2010, yeah. we came fifth. Yeah, and then 2010, 11. you guys got, you know, just out of the four. Yeah. And then yeah, 11, the we won it. Yeah. 12 and 13, we made, 12, we made the quarters and 13, we made the quarters. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff that went on behind closed doors. It's probably not the right place to discuss yeah, exactly in terms right. of the yeah. fallout with him. I would say that. Yeah. But um yeah, I, I agree. Like he, yeah. he's like what Doss was touched on, he was incredible at motivating a group and building yeah. a culture in like the most simplest ways. And yeah. I think we and his his tactical analysis was excellent. Like it really little was. Things, little, little things around like whenever we play the the South African teams, for example, he would say, We're not kicking the ball out and we're running everything because we're gonna tire them out. You look into the science around ball, ball in play and things like that. Do you Take quick taps. Yeah, remember and then when we played the Kiwi teams, and I've said it on this show a couple of times, he talked about attacking vertically through them. Yeah, so We wouldn't exactly. spread the ball. Yeah. And, I, and I speak about that to teams these days, you know, do you adapt your playing style according to who you're playing? And no one really does it. But I think because those years at the Reds, those three or four years um, that I spent there, I, you know, we had the luxury of having Willie and QC directing us around. So we could adapt on the run, yeah. Because they was they was you know smart enough rugby guys to be able to do it. Uh, but yeah, you don't you don't see it happening these days. And I think it became like the norm for me looking in and being there. I was like, oh yeah, right. So it's normal to have a different game plan this week and then go in with a totally different game plan this week. But it's not really. And I mean, it just speaks to how special that group was. So touching on the England point where you were saying like playing a lot on the short side so I learned that from Ewan McKenzie mm. yeah. so when we played the Chiefs they were they never committed numbers to the ruck and they would rush yeah. so his thing was like people think that we can we just have to pick and go close to the line but yeah. what we're going to do is we're going to go vertical pick and go through them and then once we suck them in I want you to play to the short side yeah. because then a lot of the times when teams want to rush they stack the open side yeah. so if you watch if you ever go back and watch those games around that time we would just go through the middle play short side go through and play short yeah. side once we got them behind them and we're moving forward, then we play it to the backs. Yeah. And then the other beauty about it was like we we had two calls. We was, it was Broncos was yeah. um, play narrow and Chiefs um, Cowboys was play wide. Yeah. That was it. And then yeah. Chiefs was play off ten and Bulls was Bulls play off nine. nine. And then a lot of it was then dependent on myself and Quaid, depending on if we wanted to play short mm. side, open side. And yeah. Yeah, because I was wondering because I, I see them attacking the short side. Like, there must be a reason for this. I just didn't know yeah. what it was, but yeah, that's awesome. S that's why I love Union. It's so tactical and, you know, you've got to be smart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a lot more thought. Like, there's some nuance. If you're a half. Yeah, if there's you're, if you're in the halves. Rugby league is very <laughs> French and beans. It's just yeah. straight up and down. It's like basketball with tackle. Yeah. Um, but I want to get your thoughts on the current state of the game. And we were just saying before that the world game as a whole is absolutely going Godzilla. Like, Georgia just knocked off Italy. They've won the, the what is it, the Six Nations second division for the umpteen time in a row. You've got um, Ireland's now absolutely ballooning up. France is killing it. You've, it. It looks like the game is growing as a whole around the world. Australia looks like it's starting to get its shit together. Like, what, what are your thoughts on the game in Australia at the moment? And do you think it, it is going to start getting up to where it, it clearly is going worldwide? I think worldwide, obviously, the game is, as a whole is getting better because you're seeing all the teams start to be a lot more competitive. Mm -hmm. And I think to Dale's point where he's saying the World Cup's going to be the best yet, I agree because it'll be so much more competitive all, all across the board. And you look at the Super Rugby, 
the fact that we've got the the draw and um, Moana Pacific coming in that gives pathways to local talent from the Pacific Islands that wouldn't necessarily get that if they didn't make the Reds or the Brumbies mm. or you know the teams in New Zealand. And you're, you're seeing just how much talent is out there that's getting the exposure. And then because they get that exposure, when they go back and play for Fiji, Samoa, Tonga, they, they, those teams are better again. Or if they get picked up to go play overseas and they qualify for those nations, those teams become better again. I, I just think sports science also helps with the level of the athlete as well, like diet, nutrition, new ways of training. The game just looks so much faster. They're more athletic. They're bigger. They're stronger. More they're physical, better. hey. Yeah, like I watch and I just think, Fuck, I'm glad I'm playing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Digby, you've played all around the world as well. You've played yep. yourself in Japan, France, Australia, all that sort of stuff. Wh- wh- where do you reckon, like, is, or at least during your career, what was the sort of distinct difference between sort of the Northern Hemisphere game and down here in the Southern Hemisphere, in particular Super Rugby? Because there's a lot of that chat that... You know, New Zealand's now coming back to Australia. Oh, we want all the teams involved. In, like, there's a bit of discontent, I guess stoked. you could say, between <laughs> between New Zealand and Australia in regards to the Super Rugby setup. We've now got obviously the the Pacific Island nations joining in and stuff like that. I don't know. Like, what 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 do you see? The French game and in particular the Northern Hemisphere club scene is oh. just so. It is just so yeah. profitable. Just so good. It is just growing and adapting so well. Like what is that, that? What are they doing different there that we're doing here? I believe France, because there's so many teams over there, mm. and you've got so mm. many good players, and it starts with the clubs because they're buying players out of like everyone's playing the game, and and you got people from from Italy, from Ireland, they're all playing that French comp, so they're playing so much footy. But if you actually look deeper within New Zealand and Australia, they're in two countries playing against each other, and they know, they know, you know. Um, the the structure of how they play so once they like oh, i'm just waiting for all blacks and australia when they play against each other they're only playing against these two teams but if you look at the six nations <laughs> they're playing different teams every like mm-hmm. every time so that's why you question it that's why you, we need players like um moana uh, the feet the pacific islands that come in to help you know us as as a nation because we need to adjust from these other uh, teams, that like teams from from Europe, so it's so good for us to go on spring tour because we need to adjust how they play because we're so used to playing against New Zealand. Yeah, and New Zealand, we're not doing New Zealand a favor. We play them so many times. They play against these guys in Europe. Man, it's just different game. It's a different game plan because we're so used to playing. All Blacks are so used to playing against Australia. When they play teams against uh, over in, uh, in Europe, man, they struggle because we haven't tested them. To their uh, to their max, and that's where I I feel sorry for uh, for the All Blacks because you got to no, get. Touch. Oh no! <laughs> I'm just saying. Like we don't say that here. Yeah, <laughs> All Blacks or, or even us as 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 a, the Wallabies. Yeah. We need to play more games against. Like, look at France. France came with a third diff, and I know a couple of the players, and they almost beat us. Was it last year? Oh, last yeah, year. Yeah, last yeah. Year. They had, it was like that a. That wasn't even their. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, they were unreal. Yeah. Then they pumped. Then they pumped. But it's just, it just shows their club level, they can play at that level, like international, mm. even though that's not even their best team. And so it is. It's, yeah. so, it's so important, though. Yeah, and it's such a diverse game as well. And they, they for the better part of 20, 25 years, have been getting... Like, we, we have... Australian teams have Australian players. Kiwi teams have Kiwi yeah. players. South African teams have South African players. 
Like, you'll have a French side with, like, a Georgian next to an Italian next to half a dozen Frenchmen and then a Tongan yeah. and a Fijian no, and a Samoan. So, so they learn all these different styles of yeah. footy. That, that's, the, that's part of the problem. I think I said this. Quaid and I were having a chat. I was saying, imagine how much better the game would be if you just said... Aussies and Kiwis could play for any of the Super Rugby teams. Yeah, yeah, Imagine. a draft yes. system, like yes. a draft system. We're 100%, talking about this. because yeah. then, like, it's. I, I find the problem with the game from a Super Rugby perspective is like at the moment there's no characters in the game that people like yep. either aspire to or just want to go and watch. Do you know what I mean? So like, you look at rugby league as an example. Like, there's characters all over the game, and as a, as a as the media in doing the NRL, they market those characters. They, they push yes. them out there. That's what the pack show's for, man. That, that's yeah. what the pack show's for. <laughs> that, that you create those like um, heroes, those villains for people to be able to follow. Mm. And I think, if imagine if Bowden Barrett was playing for uh, the, the Reds. 100%. Imagine if like back in the day, Ma'anonu was playing for the Brumbies. Like, you then bring in It'd a new fan base. It'd be better for the game. Hey, you, be you bring in a new fan game, base. Yeah. Yep. For, so from a marketing perspective, it's better. But then from a like the competition's perspective, the talent is then spread equally and it's a better competition yeah yeah I, I everyone really will get better 100 percent. Like imagine, have... imagine what like say uh uh noah lolisio or whoever's who's the ten at the uh the reds might learn from Bowden barrett or yeah. richie moonga if he was playing for yep. i don't know the force or yeah whatever. yeah you're, but then you're you'd right. also have like you'd have guys like uh, for example at the reds we've got guys like wrongers riding pine because we've got fraser McRide, harry wilson and Seto Udu absolutely killing it and or Angus Scott Young, he wouldn't have had to have gone over to Northampton. He maybe could have gone to a Kiwi side because he went down to Bay of Plenty mm. and, and got Steamer of the Year or whatever it, that. It just, or what, like, yeah. like he was maybe better suited the to that keep setup. The talent in, in, You'll in, keep the talent in Super Rugby. Yeah. yeah, you'll keep it in Super Rugby, and it, I promise you, it'd make a much better competition because it's more even. Mm. And it's interesting. Like you, you want to see like because yeah. when you go see the All Blacks, essentially you're just seeing when you see New Zealand teams play Australian teams, it's like oh, it's. All Blacks versus Wallabies, pretty much. Yeah, mm. like mix it up so that when we have Super Rugby, it's just different. Man, you got you're onto something. That sounds brilliant. Heard it here first. It's gonna happen, guys. You run it for us, Dal. <laughs> yeah, Dal. Get on. We'll, we'll get Dal a proposal and Twiggy. together. Dal and Twiggy. <laughs> I'll just be the tea boy. I'll, I'll just make you tea. I'll do it. Just on that note, <laughs> I thought he meant like kicking from, tea. Right? Yeah, I thought he meant kicking <laughs> tea. From kicking both tea? your perspective, what is the ideal scenario? Obviously, if, if you looked at, at merging Australia and New Zealand, you could play for whoever, but is there anything else that you would change? Do you know what I mean? Does Japan come into it? What does it actually look like, the ideal scenario to grow the game in the Southern Hemisphere? I like the idea of Japan coming into it, but not as like a thrown together Sunwolves team mm. because there's no fan base, there's yeah. no culture, there's no environment that's like. If, if, for example, you bring in Panasonic or a Suntory, they bring with them a fan base. They bring and with a them, shitload of cash. Well, yeah, I mean that, but they bring with them fan base, culture, and history. So that automatically adds to the competition. And it's like when the, I, you speak to all the guys that played for the Sunwolves, it's, it literally was like a barbarians yeah. trip. It's like they're just there and they didn't have any cultural identity around what it meant to be to play for the Sunwolves, and they just didn't give a shit. Yeah, it was the difference between Clubland and NRC. Yeah. You've got your Clubland tribalism. And the NRC is 100%. fabricated horseshit. Same with like the Sunwolves and like, yeah, Kamaishi Sea Waves, one of the most successful club sides in Japan ever. They shit their moot everywhere through Kamaishi for that side. But they did 100%. Like, they did bring like some Japanese good players too, the Hooker, Gaki, and the, the prop to the Rebels, but they treated them like they were nothing. That's yeah. why I get pissed off because these guys 
play for Japan, they went to the Rebels, and they didn't even give them game time. Yeah. And it's that's, a, that's why it's so sad. Yeah, Highlanders, they, they sort of utilised them pretty like well. that number eight. Yeah, yeah the number eight. The halfback would always come yeah, on and then yeah, shot a yeah. Hori. Well, he was, he, he was yeah. there when they won the comp. Yeah. yeah. And the yeah. number eight last year was awesome. Yeah, he was really good. But So that's the other thing I'd like to see, is like rather than NRC, and like, because again, when you make the NRC teams, what is it, Brisbane City, and mm. again, you have no fan base, you have no history, you have no connection to anything. Whereas if you just said, well, and this is just me spitballing, if you got the best six teams in, a new start, in Sydney, yep. in, uh, Brisbane, the best four in Perth and, I don't know, Canberra, whatever it is, and said, you guys play off and that's that's NRC, you bring with them like the fans, the can history, imagine, the tradition. Man. And like, can you imagine like Sydney 100%. Uni coming down and playing Jeeps? Mm. Are you talking shit on the sideline, yelling? <laughs> no, but that's, I'll be cheering for Sydney no, Uni. No, but that, that's, that's my point. It's like <laughs> yeah. you have that fan base and that, that like... Tribalism, yeah, one hundred, one hundred percent, and then the teams that miss out, you know, who miss out on the top promotion four. relegation, yeah, but but there'll be, you know, because there's good players in it, like really good players in every team stuck at a club that doesn't make the finals or go into the next competition. Maybe talking about what are we not to? talking about? Is you're awesome, <laughs> but then you know, being able to pull two or three guys out from one of those lower teams to strengthen that yeah. for when you play the Sydney Unis or what, man. I totally agree. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, yeah, you got a couple of games, like, was it last year the year before? <laughs> you know, you could sort of experience it again, like, you know, yeah. ev- everyone talking I, crap. Man, I, I loved it. I yeah. honestly, like, I, I, came, I went back down there to play with my brother and, like, just the atmosphere, it's, the, the, the crowd's on top of you, you're yelling from the side, it's, you, you, it's it's amazing and that's something I think we need to tap into I, I really believe Oops. that because the, the fan base is there it's just how exactly how, you know how do you engage them to yeah. that next level especially with I mean the it begs the it begs the question like Rugby Australia obviously didn't send anyone into grassroots rugby to get feedback on what they think what sort of competition or you know the in terms of creating that next sort of, in terms of creating that next tier what they would like because I'm guarantee you no one would have picked oh, let's create these random teams who based out of here, based out I, of there. I, I, May as well just brought the Ballymore Tornadoes back. Mate, that was don't, 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 don't spray them. I play, that was, that was <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's a good point. It's, it seems like we just try to copy the New Zealand model. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That, that, and that's exactly it. Yeah, like, let's see what works our, for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah be, but be that was created about 135-odd years ago. But you can so sort there's a very that, big though. difference yeah, yeah. between exactly. that there's and Brisbane City. You can sort of do that, though, with the, you know, and have the two tiers. They have two tiers, I'm pretty sure, as well, and... You know, have that promotion. They've actually got four or five tiers. You've got the Heartland competition with yeah. guys mm-hmm. like Mid Canterbury, West Coast, all that sort of stuff. So that's that is a like that is in their blood over there. That's been set up for a long time, and that's how it has been done. We can't replicate that. It's not overnight like we were attempting to do. So, um, all right, we're going to plow ahead because we got wrapped up in having a good old yarn there. That was good times. Was good. Feeling good. good. You're very knowledgeable of rugby, Will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whenever we get guests on this show, I'm like, fuck, we know fucking nothing about the game, eh? Yeah. I'm not mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> Almost yeah. had an aneurysm. <laughs> um, but now it's time, without further ado, for the Battlers bench. No intro? Gotcha. We're <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> just getting the hurry up. Well, straight up, Battlers bench. <laughs> um, we thought we'd uh, we'd start off with some dead ringers. Uh, Freens. Reed, why don't you start us off with the dead ringers? Well, mate, uh, yeah. Well, I was at uh, work the other day, and I know that uh, uni have uh, fallen on tough times with a few losses today, and um, I had a double take. I thought I saw Mick Heenan on site. Um, <laughs> we, uh, Who is that dude? <laughs> that's Nick. So, well, obviously, he knows... <laughs> Obviously, he knows got some explaining to do. I think he might have been in Townsville about 30 years ago. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the old um, 
<laughs> your labourer at work. I'm like, mate, like, have a look at this guy. Um, have have a look at this guy. You look exactly like him. He goes, holy shit, man, that was like my dad. <laughs> and I was like, you're correct. So did, did you get that guy to pose for, for photos for you? Yeah. Was he like, what are you I, doing? I, sh- I showed him Why? Hino. I took, okay. I, I showed him Hino. I go, mate, I think... Did he see it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> he went, oh, I get it. <laughs> he was like, holy fuck, man. Like, he, he looks pretty wrapped to me. Yeah, yeah he, he looks sharp to be there. To have this, <laughs> to and then so. uh, <laughs> after Freen sent me that, I then uh, found on Facebook, so these two blokes play baseball. Um, they're not related. <laughs> they're both dead ringers for Mick Heenan. No, okay. Yeah, no, and no. then the next one is, uh, <laughs> the same name I remember uh, there's a comedian over in uh, America. Oh, no. <laughs> no okay, here we go. Now here. <laughs> now he looks even more like him, right? I put a little hat on him. <laughs> Doesn't he look like Big Heaton? Yep. And then. Uh, Pretty easy. And then uh, next one was uh, when you went down to. So, yeah, so I um, watched the Hong Kong Tonga game and uh, saw a couple of boys out there. There's a big number seven. Uh, Luke Vandersmith. Um, he's a good-looking rooster. Yeah, he's he's not. Uh, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> Another dead ringer I found. Jay Moore. Why you meant to be down in Sydney? Is this what you're doing? And then I uh, found one look like Doss. Look hey. And then there's uh, that looks like Dow, right? Ripping in the Terran. <laughs> They look like pickles moves at, at a Mad Monday. Yeah, actually. right. <laughs> look at what he's got stuffed in the back of his uh, chungas there. Um, <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> and then, um, and then, uh, now for some real content. So, uh, Battle of the Beaches was uh, was um, uh, happened on the weekend, and instead of we've we've renamed it uh, Bachelors Battle of the Beaches because the two people to get to cover for you, Jay Ball, <sighs> which which we'll discuss later. Um, we got uh, Cass Wood from The Bachelor, who mm-hmm. was on uh, the Honey Badgers year. And then we had uh, James Trethaway. Trethui. I, I, I try to stitch you up. Trethui. Trethui. And here's just a little brief thing that uh, Tino put together. Yeah. Yeah, especially down the hill. Yeah. Mate, anything, any ball that gets down the hill that way, mate, you hear the most obscene things. It's yeah. unreal. Yeah. Like, you couldn't bleep it out, some of the shit that gets said. Mate, um, you'll have to sit up down there. <laughs> mate, get up on the hill, honestly, you'll hear some things. Yeah. Um, Tony Abbott was up there once, it made him skull, which was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good spot to watch the game, trust me. Yeah, you can't be sober. If you're sober, mate, you'll leave there a different man. Hey, my name's Cass, just down here at the Battle of the Beaches. We're at the famous Manly Hill. Today's the 100th game derby game, so enjoy. How are you feeling? Ah, uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, feel like Marlon's gonna win at least 50 nil. 50 nil. <laughs> 50 nil. 50 nil easily. Rats or flogs? Um, Manly's always been the better team. Uh, it's just a bunch of flogs, so go Manly. It's a good game, but geez, this field stinks. The players here stink. I don't, I don't like it here in Manly. I don't know much what, what more to say. It's just the place is pissed off. I played with fourth grade and a fourth grade veteran. Uh, we won. The fourth grade had a solid win, and then at the end of the day, no one actually cares about first grade. It's all about fourth grade. I want to thank the Marlins for being Manly Marlins. Thank you for being great hosts. All of your mothers are wonderful women. All right. I want to thank all of them for attending today. All right. That is absolutely make my night. Every single night out, I love them. I love how they uh, just start rinsing. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Manly, it's a big stuff. Manly dudes like, oh yeah, you know it's going to be a good game, blah blah blah. And the rat suits just like. 
these sons of bitches, man, just starts hosing them. That's I'm, good gas. I'm Tino the classic said it was fourth grader. That's like I play fourth grade. I'm a fourth grade legend. It's like <laughs> anyone that says that is not a fourth grade legend. He's <laughs> such a footy. He would have been like big note himself. But J Ball, where were you during that video? Because Tino, you went down, right? You were meant to go down with J Ball. Is that, that that's right? What yeah, happened? I was. Um, what I was meant to go down and do your job for you, you. Do the battlers did bench you job tell for you. As per usual, excuse me. This is our segment. This is our segment. This is our segment. Can you? Oh, okay. So can, you can don't you want me to answer your question? No, no, no. Not really. Um, so <laughs> Tino got down to Sydney, and then you said you're not coming, right? Is that what happened? That is true. Woof. I would never do that to you, Gravy. Not again, right? You right, Tino? No. All right. Oh, awkward. <laughs> Maybe you can. Rule it out. Out. Next I, 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 it's, our, it's our segment. Okay. Um. Segment's <laughs> over. I got sick. Oh, I here got we sent go. home from work sick. Oh, My flight oh. ended up getting cancelled anyway. Oh. Um, I do everything for this show. This show would be nothing so without yeah. me. Yeah. And I can't believe it. And then I was sick. I got a bit. And sick. then on a Monday night, you ate what a two kilo bag of rice crackers. I had to get my oh, carbs sick. back up. Yeah. Okay. Get your strength back up. He just needed Let's to get you back from all those questions. Remember, Dust, you got a question? Yeah, exactly. I'll just continue asking <sighs> you got like questions. He, to Dust. he was in you your head. There, he was in your head. All right, let's move ahead then. Let's try and uh, wrap this up ASAP. A um, <laughs> couple of footy matches from the weekend. Big old boil overs left, right and centre. Let's start with the big one. Well, we saw South 12, Brothers 47, Sunny Bank 17, Jeeps 45. We were anticipating that. Um we were going to look into West 20 over Bond 15, but... Let, let's look go. into it. No, no, let's <laughs> plow ahead. Uh, North 24, East 21. God. How good was this game of footy, Doss? Man, I'm lost for words. You know what? You know what? What? Uh, <laughs> I was actually down... I went down there to present the first grade their jerseys. Oh, oh that's oh, what the problem was. I think that's where it all went uh, wrong. Obviously not inspirational enough for the boys. Uh, man... It, to be fair, Norths Norths actually were pretty good. I think North they, they didn't lose to bro, uh, brothers by much the week before. No, like and they sort of and they nearly beat the heavies. Mm. I mean, they're a team, and they'll probably upset a couple. Uh, let's hope they upset a couple more teams <laughs> <Let's hope. laughs> um, over the next five rounds. But mate, they're a team. You know, they're they're stubborn. They they forced East into the scrap. You know, the scrappy game that they they like and that they, they thrive off. I mean, the winger got a. Um, a runaway try earlier on in the second half. Uh, yeah, mate, they were mate. Their nine and their twelve were impressive. Connor O'Regan, yeah, yeah, Jack Peoples. Yeah. Their ten, Harry Langbridge came down and from he the was, Dolphins. He was very good There's as nothing well. Nothing better than a wiry ten with a shit chop, eh? Yeah, you know he'd be a bit of a mongrel. <laughs> Apparently, chops tons of piss off the field too. Mate, Man, so unexpected. He was actually the nine, ten, and twelve. I must say, were yeah. they were brilliant. And they've got a, mate, a couple of big poppers in the front, uh, in the in the forward pack. And um, I think East, they lost. They didn't have Pappen or Melly Drew going into the game. Uh, you know, when you lose your 10 and 15, I think it's going to obviously have an impact on the way that they play. But, Where? yeah, mate, hats off, hats <laughs> yeah. hats off to North. Hats off to <laughs> you didn't do it. I was going to do it. And, and it was a lot of... And then I presented the jerseys and that set them back. Hats off to North. Did I hear correctly that Ben Moen has made an official complaint? I don't know. Uh, against yeah. his forward pack for not showing up. <laughs> 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 was that, was that, 
athlete. <laughs> oh. <laughs> big Kieran Fitzgibbon, the big prop. He um, he eighty a minute po- game. Yeah, he mate. Po- yeah, I, yeah, posted after the games like one in one win after twelve games. They're just fucking sending it. <laughs> 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 so good. Are they current bunter bowl? They hold oh, the bunter they bowl. The bunter bowl. Yeah. <laughs> they drank alcohol all of, out of that. They drank yeah. all the alcohol. They will it. just be. They will christen the hell out Tiger of that blood. thing. Because I don't think they're going to have it much longer. But <laughs> good on them, man. They yeah. did you boys in, Doss. Mate, and sure suck did. a fat one. That was a good one, man. That was uh, it was enjoyable watching yeah, that move one. Move on, Shoot Shield. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> shoot Shield round well. 16. Um, yeah, South 19, North 28. So it sees North go to the top of the ladder now. East 48, Gordon 20. Eastwood 26 over Uni 21. Uh, massive there. Hunter, 21-22 going down to Ranwick. West Harbour and the Two Blues on Friday night out at Tweedale playing a 21-all draw. This was a hell of a game of footy. Jack Debrasini with an 83rd minute shot at goal. Shits the bed. Oh. Poor bastard. But, mate, there's a couple of guys in that Two Blues side. I think it's the, the brothers at 9 and 10, Riloy and Reese Suisui, mate. They were awesome. And then Reese went off uh, with an injury um, halfway through the... First half resulting in them not scoring any more points. Tough one. But, mate, that was a hell of a game of footy. But the one we want to discuss, Manly 20, Rats 22, Battle of the Beaches, Dow. What are your thoughts on this one? I don't know. It was it was tough. Obviously, Manly got out to a, a, a bit of a lead to start with. And it looked like they were pretty composed and playing some good footy. But then Moringa just stuck at it. And physically up front, they really took it to them. Obviously, the tight head props got a hat trick. Yes, got a hat trick. Latu. Yeah, Latu was immense for them. And I think up front is where they ended up winning it. They just went toe to toe. They're aggressive with them, and also I think the physicality that they brought. You know, what I mean, mm. a bit of niggle, and they just ended up running out the top of them. Mate, they Tino was saying he just on Sunday night he was like, "You will not understand just this rivalry, brother." Like, you should have been here. He's like, you should have been here, here, man. I'm struggling. But he said 6,000 people. The banter was ridiculous. These guys hate each other. And you see it on the field. The niggle was massive. And the game was very well poised for the front rowers because all five tries were scored by uh, props on the day. Ivan for Pugliai for the Marlins picking up the other two for Marlins. But this was old school footy. This was... like In terrible conditions as well. It was a shithole covered in mud. Stinks blowing up all over the place. Two sides, two big teams just beating the ever-living piss out of each other. And it was awesome. Like, that right there, despite the conditions, was just an awesome representation of what we were talking about. We're like, the whole, you get that tribalism. Like, that's what you need to capture. You need to capture that in a bottle, not Western Sydney Rams or whatever they were called. <laughs> Greater Sydney Rams and shit. Like, that's what we need to get. But... Oh yeah, man, that, mate, that's exactly right. And you know, we speak to Diggers' point before about like rugby players getting exposed to different environments. You know, everyone. You know, we talked lately about the Queensland Premier Comp being a bit younger than the Shoot Shield. Like, just imagine later on in the year, Jeeps getting you know getting to go down to the Rats, playing them in you know a home and away fixture, and getting that exposure to that you know the Sydney club rugby tribalism that they I have down there. I would love to do it. Just make it a weekend of it. You know, you go down. Get on it Friday night, watch the game Saturday, Saturday night, maybe even a Sunday sesh. It'd be good. <laughs> you know, everyone would be <laughs> When do they watch the game? <laughs> yeah, oh, no, there's no <laughs> game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. You could distinctly see that, because it was wet weather footy up here as well, and we saw Bond and West play, you know, two top sides go against each other, and the Rats and the Marlins, two top sides going against each other, and the conditions were similar. 
like shit, soggy and all that sort of stuff. But you saw the Sydney game, they are just, they are so much bigger. Like, they are just, 100%. like the back row from the Rats, Charlie McKill, I think it is, Alex O'Dell, like. They all look like that guy from Bond. Which they is are. Juicy Devin Henson. Devin Henson. Yeah. Devin Henson. Yeah. Like just big lad. Yeah. Uh, you could just you could just see that their their game is on a different level in regards to that physicality that we we mm. discussed. All right, let's wrap this up now. It's time for our rugby section uh, segment. Sorry, where we obviously run through who our rugby was from the weekend just gone and friends yours out of Hong Kong. Tommy Tom Hill. Hill, mate, incredible. He was. Um, those massive shots getting um, put on, and he was. And you think he's going to get shotted? Boom! Get off me, balls. Ended up <laughs> getting blindsided and then he there. It's not bad. No, uh, <laughs> no he, he made the advantage line a fair bit, considering um, the big honkers boys. They didn't really want to um, run the ball towards the end of the game. Then there's a few kicks going through, but he, mate, he just ran and went hard. So, massive fan, massive fan. He uh, didn't drop his nuts. Which is good. It's good to see. White boys coming out of HK, putting nuts. on a <laughs> clinic. Big fat Das, your rugby from the round, just gone. It's uh, Totai Kefu. Totai Kefu. He's, um, he's just brought back uh, love for the game, especially over in Tonga. And uh, someone commented, I think it was last week, said that he, he will not actively call someone that could be possibly part of the Wallaby setup. Mm, like he respects. Yeah. And, and that, that amount of respect he's brought through to his. His Tongan team, they're all playing for each other and for a bit of love. Mate, love and, and they had an incredible amount of injuries. Like, you know, um, I was talking to him after the game. Izzy Flowers out for like 12 weeks with his hammy. You know, they had Tamani getting injured just in, in the warm-up or something like that or the day before. All the boys were just getting injured. And so they were um, scraping together a sort of side and they're still, they're still qualified. How good. Good on them. Good Hopefully on them. they can have another 18 months to really there, start to hit the ground running because <laughs> they've got a hell of a pool they're going into. And speaking of Tonga, Dow, your Sonatane Takalua. Absolutely yeah. awesome. Captain, obviously, led the Sipatau here. And you could just see right from the get-go how ready he was. Scored three tries for them. It was exceptional around the ruck, just sniping. And just led them extremely well. I think he really did a really good job with the referee, just asking the right questions. But led from the front brilliantly. He was awesome. He is inspirational, and we saw yeah. him last year on the back end of that drubbing at the hands of the... Was that last year or the year before, maybe? The, the emotion, as you said, mm. leading that Sipatow, he was g right up. He was fizzing at the bunghole for it, and we saw the emotion on the other side of the coin after that dismantling by the All Blacks. Mm. Just his love for the game in Tonga, he is the sort of guy that they really need to build their game around. 100%. He was immense. Did he play any Super Rugby? I think he's been in France. I know, he, I know he's at Toulon now with um, with Duncan. He seems like a really good dude. If you follow Duncan on Instagram, he's always playing tricks on this guy and, <laughs> and he reciprocates back he's at Duncan. He's pretty Dunk. fresh. He's pretty but, fresh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seems like a pretty cool guy. Um, and then Doss on your side, you wanted to go a couple of blokes, a couple of Wallabies going down to Clubland. Sully Wunivalu and James O'Connell lining up for the Doggies and brothers respectively. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I didn't watch any rugby over the weekend. <laughs> Um, Glad we got you on a rugby <laughs> show, mate. <laughs> You're at the East game, though, but um, <laughs> yes, I did. But I did, couldn't pick anyone out of that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just great to see Wallabies coming down back to club rugby. Yeah, uh, you know, whether it's getting match fitness or what, whatever the reason is, you know, they can't underestimate the impact that it has on the rest of the team. You know, having someone like um, Rabs going down to Brothers, 
playing in a cru- crucial position like 12. You know, he's got Stixie at 10. Uh, who played at 13 outside him? Young Ash Watson. Ash Watson yeah. You know, just things that they would learn in that week leading up to the game. And then, you know, in-game, the way he reacts to situations and how he, you know, how he makes decisions, just invaluable for these guys. So I love to see it. He was smooth, eh? He was pretty smooth. Was he? Yeah, he's really good. And then mine, Sateki Latu from the Rats. We were discussing it just before. Three tries from a tight head prop in a derby. beautiful. In muddy, stinky conditions and killing it. Look at that. Sexy stuff. I mean, it's not every day that a front rower scores a hat-trick, let alone in the 100th Battle of the Beaches. Look at them. They're just stinking on, too. It's the best, man. It is the best to see. Tyson Davis just absolutely giving it to the Marlins there as well. But, yeah, as I said, three tries. Look at the piggies, all filthy. It's just beautiful to watch. I'm rock hard. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which When Will walked in He was like I was meant to call you uh, Suspenders Suspenders yeah Oh, what's yeah. that? Oh, <laughs> from from the, the wedding photo. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> of the old moose knuckle. I deleted that off my Instagram. Oh, I've still got that. <laughs> 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 I didn't have to bring it up real quick. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all got a copy. Cheers, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I just like, a couple of days went and I was like, you know what? This doesn't look great. A <laughs> 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 couple of days. <laughs> couple of days, mate. Ooh. Yeah, you guys got my head. You're my head noise. Ah, uh, yeah. Don't worry. We only put it on YouTube. So if anybody wants to see it, be sure to go to the Pig Athletic Club YouTube. And speaking of, be sure to go to the Pig Athletic Club YouTube. The only way this show gets out is if you like, subscribe, and share all our content. So please do go there, get around the boys, and help get the pack show where make it rugby needs great to be. Again. Make rugby great. Indeed, make rugby great again. Will Digby, thanks so much for joining us this evening, lads. It was absolutely awesome. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. The best. The absolute best. Big fat Das, friends. Wish I could say the same. <laughs> Dos, Dallin, absolutely awesome as per usual. Tino, Zachy Boy, we couldn't have done it without you. As I said, be sure to tune in next week, but also like, subscribe, and share all our content to get the pack show out there for the boys. Stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Ciao. <laughs>